Hey guys, welcome to TEDx and IT Trichy on air, a podcast where we talk about ideas that have the potential to create a difference. I'm Aman Selvaraj, and I'll be your host today, along with Abhinash from TEDx and IT Trichy speaker liaison, your co-host for the day. Today we have our guest for the day, Mr. General Lakshman, an alumni of NIT Trichy, batch of 2018, from the Department of Metallurgical Engineering. He started off as a project engineer at Wipro and has worked as a user designer experience at multiple enterprises. Presently, he is the chief strategy officer at Modular Housing. Today's podcast is going to be about modular housing. I'm sure some of you must have heard of heard of that, or maybe uh, and hopefully you'll get to get to know a lot today as we speak speak with Mr. Jan Lakshman. Modular Housing is a company based in Chennai that designs, manufactures, and sells modular housing units. Customers all across the world, and through their experience, they will be giving us a lot of insights into this format of houses. Today, we'll be trying to understand the whole idea of modular housing, its potential for India, and what it means for you. To begin with, let's get to know our guests better. So, Mr. Janal Lakshman, tell us a little about yourself, about your background, and where you're from. Uh, hi guys, uh, thanks for the intro. Uh, so, I am Janal, and uh, Like I did my engineering at NIT Trichy, and uh, I worked in Wipro for a year. But I have always been very, very passionate about uh, trying to start uh, a company, and I have always like me getting into IIT, me trying to get into IIT or NIT has just been uh, my way of making sure that I end up starting up. Right? And uh, when I did get into NIT, the first year. I actually tried uh, for JE again. I wanted to get into IIT, and it didn't turn out well. Uh, guess uh, there are a few things that uh, IIT requires, like intense focus, and these are necessarily not required for entrepreneurship. Right? Entrepreneurship for me requires two different sets of people. Like the first set of people has to be a generalist at the core. They have to do a lot of things relatively well, and uh, be specialist at something. Right. So this combination of uh, being generalist and specialist uh, brings about change and brings about entrepreneurship. So I realized like I'm I'm more of a generalist. Right. I tend to get into a lot of different stuff, and I tend to try a lot of different things. Uh, it's not necessarily required. Uh, like it's not necessarily the case for like cracking the where it, you just need focus. You need to be focused as hell, and you should just like concentrate on doing your things really really well. But along the way, I did a lot of internships at NIT Trichy. I worked uh, very closely with two co-founders from Ninja Cart during my internship, and working with them showed me the world of entrepreneurship. Right? Like showed me what's required. Uh, showed me the the amount of uh, grit, the amount of shamelessness that needs that that need to have to put out whatever ideas that you have public and see how people react. Get feedback, improve. Like that internship opened a lot of spaces for me about entrepreneurship. And straight out of college, I really wanted to like not sit for placement and get into like starting up. Uh, but you needed money, uh, and that's how I got into like placements. I sat, I started placements. I got a job, uh, worked there for a year and a half, uh, saved enough money. As soon as I saved money, like I quit and started experimenting things on my own. Uh, so I was along this process of like identifying a problem, uh, like checking out how the problem is in real world, 
and in like trying to come up with innovative solutions to the problems that you have and you create a uh, minimum viable products of these solutions and you pitch it to the public you see how people react uh, you get feedback you improve the system this was the kind of loop the feedback loop that i was working on uh, and it was very very fun it was very interesting so uh, like you get autonomy right like once you are out uh, of of a structural system say your college or your company you, you are just out there and uh, there's nobody uh, guiding you there are no systems at all right it was very challenging and it was fun to figure this out during the process and then i finally uh, so i was kind of uh, getting tired because i like the problem that i usually faced uh, was forming a team getting more and more people involved um if you being able to showcase the the idea that you have has the potential to change their lives it is worth taking the risk right uh, that was something yep. that i had a problem with but my friends from school uh, so the co-founders of uh, modelers of sin shiram and govinath so they they both went as a team and um, so they were also doing this process along the way like i used to go to i think what was like i used to see them build this they were civil engineers and uh, so they were also involved with an ngo called engineers without borders so they were working during the chennai floods in chennai uh, trying to like count uh, the solutions for the problems and during that time they saw that there was a lot of problem with uh, like people not having like basic shelter right right and then they got into it and they realized that this relief is something they they want to help with right and since they were engineers yeah. support goddess they were interested in trying to figure out a solution for that and that was when this idea of modeless housing came up right yeah. uh, so they were working along this path and then like our both our paths just aligned so he he just asked me like if, uh, so we have known each other for like more than 10 years and again this idea like i've seen this idea grow and yeah. um, like when i saw what they have done i was very very impressed and uh, like when i got the opportunity like i got in and i have been working here for a year now uh, so heading strategy and uh, along with it a lot more things like because like strategy just a lot of things that has to be done across different verticals Uh, so yeah like this has been amazing uh, so i just wanted to ask you just an, a follow up question like you you knew what your path should be right like for example you sat for placements you knew you wanted to you know become an entrepreneur and stuff so what did you you know you wake up every day for the one and a half years what did you even tell yourself uh, when you wake up and when you go 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 to work at bipro what actually you know drove you or what motivated you because you because that was not your calling right uh, bipro was not your calling your calling was something somewhere else but that one and a half years being you know big span of time in your life and just when you start your own so that's when you're actually excited to do something by yourself you want to you know discover and everything but what 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 actually drove you during those okay so so the first half usually the, the first half of the office rented office work the other half was just me sitting and talking to my friends about like what to start up and how to do go about it mm-hmm. and along the way i also met uh, um, like my team lead at gopro Uh, he he was pretty good at coding and he started guiding me on learning basic uh, computer science too uh, i was not really a coder back then uh, i just knew basic uh, algorithms and plus plus and what not just to just enough to clear that uh, placement interviews and stuff 
so we got into it like we we used to sit and talk about uh, what data like what hadoop what big data what aml like how is it going to change uh, people so i used the time to get a gist of what uh, computer science was like what algorithms were mm-hmm. and so basically like since i i, I talked to you about the generalist right? uh, i i was able to <coughs> I'm, 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 I cannot say that I am an expert at computer science for sure. Uh, but I was a little, like, I didn't understand how it worked, how software development worked. And the, I was also able to get a glimpse of what um, machine learning was. Uh, but it was, a, it was a lot of self-learning. I didn't get a lot of time. So I was able to use that uh, time to do that. And also play a bit of basketball. Like, I used to play a lot of ball at college. Uh, so. That's great. That's a, actually a very interesting thing you talked about because currently I think India is ex- experiencing a startup boom and pretty much everyone from all top institutes, be it in the field of business or science, they're trying to go ahead and make their own companies. Everyone wants to be independent now or at least work from home. That is, that's the idea that's going through. So that was a good insight for people who are trying to startup or planning on doing a startup. Um, so let's get to know a bit more about your company. How would you describe modular construction to a school student you know, or a college student and an architect? So basically a simple and a more complex answer is what we want. Right. Okay. Whenever I talk about our company, uh, so what we try to do is like, if I want to give a one line uh, so I'll go around saying like build anything in 90 days. Okay. Uh, so that's what we want to do. Right? Like we want to be able to build any structure and we want to do it at, at a pretty rapid scale. So this is our company. And how, how are we going to go about it? What we are trying to do is we are trying to build a library of modules that can be used to build any building. Okay. So now we come to the point, like what is this module? Okay. So what modules are the standard components of a building that can be, that are unique, that that are similar, and that can be repeatedly joined. Imagine, say, like a Lego, or like a brick. You would talk about brick now. All buildings usually, in at least in India, are made up of bricks, right? And these are the fundamental unit of a building. But when you look at the brick, uh, there's a a lot of advantages to it, but there are a lot of disadvantages to it. Advantages being, like, since it's small, like, the creative freedom is huge. Like, I can change, I can play around with the shape, I can be very precise, and I can change around the, the shape of it. Right? But the operational efficiency is very poor. Uh, there's a lot of labor involved when, when you're considering a building a brick. Now, what we are trying to do is we are trying to reimagine what this brick should be. Because like materials have gone through a lot of change across the world. Uh, so now since like there are a lot of new materials, we are trying to see what can replace brick. And we are doing that in factories. Right? So it's it's basically the modules that we are trying to play around with. And all these modules are made in the factory and they are pre-manufactured, assembled, all that in the factory. And uh, mm, so in, when you're talking about modules, now there are like two different types of modules that, that are present there. One is a volumetric module. The other is the planar module. 
So it's it's 3D, it's 2D. That that's about it, right? A planar module is just a wall, and it comes in multiples of like say four cross eight, and there are a lot of building system that is involved here, right? Uh, so we have a building system with eight different walls, like a wall with a window, a wall with a door, a, a partition wall, things like that, and all of these have built-in electrical and plumbing lines. Right. Right. Uh, so these walls are being manufactured inside the factory, and we send this to the on-site to the place that has to be uh, the construction is happening, and we set these walls right. up. So ninety-five percent of construction happens inside factories in controlled, regulated environments, right. where there is no rain, uh, mm-hmm. like where we have control of the laborers, where we have the assembly line set up so that there is more efficient working. And uh, we also save a lot of uh, material resources because like there's not a lot of right. wastage when you do that. Yeah. Right? And we also have something called a volumetric module, which is kind of like a box. Okay. Right? So you build a box and you take the box to the location and you set it up there. Before I, I should have started off with prefabricated the uh, construction first. Okay. So pre prefabrication is where all buildings are built in factories. All oh, right. Okay. Right. And modular prefabrication is a subset. Modular construction is a subset of prefabrication, uh, where uh, we have modules, the bricks that we talk about. Yeah, right? we build the bricks and then we use that to build the buildings. But in prefabrication, what happens is a building is designed and then it is broken down into smaller pieces and then again, like uh, it's built and then we take it out there. So there's a small distinction between the outside. Two. Yeah, but in prefabrication, what happens is every time a new building is uh, given to you, you have to design it. You have to figure out how to break it into smaller pieces, and then you break it down and you do it again. So there is always this design rework that happens. But when we are doing it modular, it's a bottom to top approach. We are reinventing at the bottom. Right. So the ideology is to. Right. Uh, be able to have a library of modules that provides this flexibility to create any building. So, like the example you gave earlier about the Lego, we give them a set uh, design of pieces that you can put together and make any design that's imaginable out of that. Exactly. Yeah. Right. So, a quick question: What is what consists in a module? As in, what are the parts that go into making a complete module? Uh, so for the wall per se, so that's a structural load bearing element, which which carries the load of the wall, mm-hmm. and it also has conduits for electrical and plumbing lines, and then there is a thermal insulation, uh, which reduces the thermal bridging, and there is a weather membrane, uh, for let, not letting the water or the air go through it. Uh, we have the exterior boards, uh, that gives us the ability to play around with the outside part of it. Like we can add any cladding or the decorative material on the outside. So these are the right. different layers that consist of the module. Right. It to know that there's so much that goes behind. So just one layer of wall, uh, you know, in a modular construction. So uh, moving on, we'll go to the next question, sir. Uh, and so what do you think the current uh, scenario of modular construction in, in the Indian market presently? How do we stand with regard to modular housing? So prefabrication is pretty common in India. Like it's been going on for like 25 years. Like I told you, with prefabrication, there's a lot of redesign work that's that's that goes with it. 
it is not exactly scalable we have a certain design criteria for modular construction modular construction is pretty nascent in india uh, there are a lot of startups coming along in us uh, like like build cover is a startup plant prefab is a startup like weave is a startup from israel uh, so there are a few startups which are in in their very early stages in us and we, we are one of the early stages starting startup in india uh, but i will talk about like what we have done like let's go to that later like i'll just talk about the ideas first so modularity how we are trying to push modularity is we have certain design principles and we try to keep improving our modules based on these design principles uh, i will list this down here like our first objective is to uh, try to make our modules as indistinguishable to conventional construction as possible people should not be able to touch like even if they touch it they should not be able to see see the difference the other is to you have to give a lot of creative freedom to architects uh, people should be able to play around with the modules and come up with any layout any shapes for that matter like we also want to like we see ourselves providing modules for parametric architecture like, for things with curved shapes like that is the level of modularity that we want to provide in the future that's our vision and we also want to improve our operational efficiency as, as much as possible uh, we wanted to be value for money and we wanted to be sustainable so these are the five design criteria that we have and like we are trying to create more and more modules based on these five design criteria uh, would you want to talk about the few projects that you have done uh, yeah so as of now all our modules uh, the existing modules cover the temporary structure space and we have done more than 1000 plus projects across india uh, for to 20 plus different states and out of these 1000 projects 600 were uh, medical cabins uh, that were done during the covid period covid pandemic and most of this happened in the in the northeastern states of india right for meghalaya nagaland mizoram arunachal pradesh uh, so places like this construction is extremely hard right uh, construction happens like if like let's say construction happens in a month uh, people work for 10 days not more than that because of rain uh, because of labor issues because of like fog no visibility there are a lot of issues that happen happen here and construction in remote places is extremely difficult and that is where uh, the idea of prefabrication modularity pathway since you do 95% 70 to 95% of your construction inside factories in regulated in controlled environment you are able to control the quality and you are able to build it at an amazingly fast pace uh, and we have also created mechanisms uh, like foldable and our butterfly mechanisms meaning uh, we have a module uh, Uh, which when unfolded is 24 cross 20 24 feet by 20 feet but when folded uh, it becomes 6 cross 20 uh, we are able to keep three modules in one truck and send it to the location uh, and we are saving a lot of uh, money on on the modular right. part of it because that is where modular construction becomes costlier right so you have to transport yeah. a lot well, of okay i just know this down to like we have we just shipped our first project to africa so Yeah. Oh. Uh, and we are in talks with uh, the Kenyan government and the Ivory Coast government for social housing. Is this your first That's international outreach that you're doing? Is the company doing? Yep. Yep. 
uh, so we just finished our. I think it's it's, it's cargo, like it's going on ship, and uh-huh. the operations team is going next week to set it up. That'll be our first pilot in Africa. And following up, we have uh, like deals from Kenyan government and the Ivory Coast government. Congrats on that. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, I think that's a good point to ask. So, what do you think will be the future for this space and your company? Ah, uh, future for the space. Hmm. Right. Okay. So, there's a start. Uh, in Statista, like there is a statistic made by Statista and Autodesk. Uh, so, according to their start, uh, there is going to be a shortage of 35.7 million buildings by the end of 2050. Uh, if everything is going as per plan, if the growth curve is constant, there will be a shortage of 35.7 million buildings by 2050. So if there is no, and there is also another start say, stating that the productivity of construction is going down. There is a huge need for disruption in this space. And uh, we are betting on modular construction because we see a lot of advantages. Here. Right. So in some sense, uh, modular construction is a sort of a rescue situation here for the industry. Definitely not not for the industry for the humanity as well. Like imagine thirty five point seven million buildings not being there, right? and the building is is a very essential. If we are talking about shelters here, we are talking about shelters for like human life, for like commerce, for healthcare, for education, and these are essential for anything to survive. And when you say there is a thirty five point seven million buildings that is going to be shortage, like there has to be a lot of uh, improvement in construction. And uh, we have taken modular construction as our thing. Uh, but along that, like there was an energy summit that happened last week too. We are also concerned a lot, concerned about energy a lot. Like uh, we want to be, right. we want to make sure that all our homes during the production process as well as the operating process saves energy, and in future even like gives energy as a whole. So one right. future that we are imagining is your house when you build it it should be uh, it should give energy to you right like it should be a positive right. energy home Correct. that is something that we we are seeing uh, like we are seeing there yeah how long Remember, do you like, think op- we have before that point comes when the energy is giving it we have already started our uh, research with it. like so uh, we i am also leading a project uh, in kanchipuram where we want to do a zero energy uh, farmers right so zero energy is the first step in trying to make it positive energy. Zero energy is when your home creates the energy that it requires to survive. So then completely off-grid home. Right? It does not depend right. on the government or on anything else to survive. Uh, so right. we are doing that project in Kansuram right now. It's very close to completion. It will be done this month. And uh, we have taken special care in trying to get the architectural design of it so that uh, like we have taken the sun path in that particular latitude longitude and based on that designed the windows and we have used uh, air barriers in windows we have improved the insulation and we have also taken a lot of effort to conserve water uh, we have done grey water black water recycling we have kept biodigesters and the client himself has built a small pond over there to create a microclimate in that space so yeah. there has been a lot of effort uh, going into trying to crack zero energy first 
so once we are done with that uh, we'll be trying to make our homes even more energy efficient cost required for setting up solar generation like power generation and windmill power generation goes dramatically lower and we are able to create more excess energy than we require so like zero energy we have not reached the zero energy in our first phase we are only reaching about 70% of the zero energy uh, once this is done like we have all we have already started designing the phase 2 of the project uh, so phase 2 we want to go 100 100% zero energy and zero energy is extremely difficult guys like mm-hmm. i have gone to dubai expo and singapore pavilion tried doing a zero energy building it's it's extremely difficult so there are like 23 registered zero energy buildings in india from what i know that's far less than so, expected yeah and even research park like the place that we are here right now i don't know the research park that is also trying to build a zero like the, the, they are they are also trying to uh, build a zero energy research park and it's extremely difficult but we are like we are doing some research on it we are uh, we don't have a deadline yet uh, but we hope to achieve it uh, asap i don't want to give a fast deadline though <laughs> okay that's all right we are all hoping you can do it as soon as possible yeah well, best of luck to you guys on that endeavor then um let's move on to something less technical now i think we've talked about a lot of technical stuff tell us about what it took you to make the career change from and materials engineering to the model housing uh startup so like i am reading a lot more materials now that i'm into <laughs> yeah like uh, i'm not kidding about that but startups has always been my dream and i think it was in my standard that they designed my first logo of the company and the name of the brand that i wanted to build starting up has never i have never deviated from this goal of like trying to start a company so that has always been on the plate i think it is just fate universe that pushed me to metallurgy and then i was i was actually thinking that okay like i will not really use materials that much like i probably did waste my time there but uh, end of the day i am learning a lot more metallurgy materials than i did at college now aha uh-huh. I mean, of course, theory and applications completely different ballpark. Definitely, definitely. Uh, but again, like for me, it does. It has always been about getting a generalist layer. Right? Like it's just been uh, yeah. understanding enough to ask the right questions and get the right people. Yeah, that's essential. So through your company, Modelers House and Construction, uh, we learned that you wanted to create a community of architects in India, which is inherently, you know, not quite significant as. So what was your thought behind you know create a community of architects and what is your you know idea behind that I love design I I just love it and for mass like there are uh, a few problems with modular construction per se there are few cons and people always frown at the inability to be very creative with modular construction uh, since we are trying to reinvent the brick we are trying to come up with different denominations for modules right like yeah. it's it's either four cross eight walls right uh, mm-hmm. meaning you are reducing the uh, creative uh, freedom that the architect has to play around with the shapes and the sizes uh, yeah 
so the first point was to like get these people on board so that like i can i can first improve my library of modules they can give me the outputs that requires so that i can go around trying to create modules that gives them the flexibility right and i have talked with a lot of architects and i have seen how many people personally care about sustainability and modular construction is a sustainable solution to the construction that is happening right now and yeah. uh, and also uh, we are talking a lot about positive energy homes and energy conservation only like uh, energy conservation can only be done like 50% of it can be done using the material using modular construction methodologies uh, etc okay but the other 50% comes from the design aspect of it Uh, we have to go to the location. We have to find out how the location exists, how the people want it, and then design accordingly. Okay? Only then you can you can go to positive energy. Okay? Yeah. So these were the reasons that I wanted to come. Uh, I wanted to bring this community of architects because they also care. They care passionately about how buildings are being designed and how uh, and how to make it even more better looking, more user centric. Stuff like that, and we want to know. We want to disrupt how buildings are being built, right? So there are two processes to it. One is the design stage of it, and the other is the building part of it. And yeah. I believe there is this synergy will take us places, and not only take us places, but also improve construction as a whole. Of course. Also, there is an inherent advantage of sharing uh, knowledge with each other. Exactly. 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 Okay. Great. Sure. Uh, thank you. Thank you for that uh, insight of yours, sir. So we are ending our first episode for podcast right now. Uh, thank you guys for tuning into Terex and Ninety Three Chio Net. This concludes the first episode of today's podcast. We shall meet you all soon once again in the next episode. Until then, see you guys. Take care. Hey guys, welcome back to Terex and Ninety Three Chio Net. For episode two of our discussion on modular housing, I'm your host Aman Sarvraj from TEDx Night in Trichy, along with Avinash. I'm here from TEDx Night in Trichy, the speakers liaison, and we are here with our guest, Mr. Mr. Janal Lakshman. If you guys haven't tuned to our previous episode, I would recommend you guys to check it out and to know more about our guest for the day and our discussion so far. To give you an idea of what we talked so far about, we've talked about. the background from where mr janal akshman comes from his company how it came about being and his life as a student and what goes about in making a startup in this space the current and future scenario for the space and some of the major components that go into or steps and techniques that go into making modular houses and we'll be taking it up from here So one of the major drawbacks of modular construction is the cost. Currently it's very expensive compared to I believe regular housing. So what are the plans you guys have to reduce this cost and in general going ahead in the future years uh, how do you think the cost is going to come down? Um uh, cost is a problem for us definitely. Um but when you look at the targets and target audience and the geography that we are targeting When you look at the construction cost over there, it's more or less similar. Right? When you look at, uh, I recently went to Kodaikanal uh, last week, and uh, 
the cost per construction in places like Otakanal and Kodakanal are generally 3x more than our places because of the the transportation and the unavailability of the labor. And so in that places, we, we, we have a tremendous advantage because like when in places like that, they usually take years uh, to complete a project. And yeah. we usually do it in say a month, month and a half. Uh, because like, when the order comes, we, we already have manufacturing unit. Month and a half is a farthest deadline. Like if we know that we have to, uh, like I think it took us an average of 12 hours to uh, like design, manufacture, deliver and deploy about 540 cabins during COVID. We did a cabin, we gave, we delivered a cabin to the location. We set it up. It was fully functioning. That's an excellent show controllers. Yeah. Uh, so the speed, uh, like there are customers, there are uh, segments which require speed and they're willing to compromise cost. Uh, so that is where we are targeting as of now. Uh, the cost will go down with economies of scale. Uh, when we have more and more standardized components and when we slowly start getting into uh, the B2C market and when we have the forecast ready for the amount of sales or amount of products that we, that we will be delivering uh, within our time frame in this geography, then we'll be able to um, come up with ways to optimize our manufacturing process and our deployment process. So until then, it'll be a problem for startups also to, to like push this ideology forward because adoption is an issue here. Yeah, right. <clears throat> Currently, people don't really look at modular housing as a long-term solution for buildings. It's a exactly. temporary or a short-term use case. Right. And they are right in doing that because like, right now, modular construction is dealing with the temporary surface sales. Right? Right. We are right now trying to push the boundaries into the permanent such states, uh, but right. it will happen in due course. So we are confident. Yeah, that's yeah. amazing. We'll be looking forward to that. So you said you guys uh, can put up a building in within 12 hours. So part of a conventional building is laying foundation and preparing the ground for that. There's a lot of groundwork that goes into what sort of groundwork is needed for modular housing. Uh, so I would like to correct that average of 12 hours, right? Since we have it in factory, oh. like we can manufacture multiple units okay. and design our okay. units, like just an average of 12 hours. Um, so we do have our modular foundation as well. And our pile foundation that we have, like the, the foundation that we have, uh, goes well with 30% of the soil conditions. But for the rest of the 70, we have to resort to using uh, cement and normal foundations as the conventional construction but since our materials are lightweight uh, you don't really need that much of a foundation when compared to a conventional construction right right, right. Uh, um, yeah that was about that question so uh, how about i ask you know a personal question from your uh, from your college maybe what do you what is your favorite uh, memory from college do you have any a collection of memory or any any one particular instance that you never forget from college <laughs> Okay, so I was part of three things that I was really, really proud of. Yeah. Uh, one is my basketball team. Uh, I was the vice captain uh, during my uh, my final year. 
and uh, so the year before i joined college uh, we had one internity the year before i joined college we had one internity we didn't win anything for the next three years while i was part of the team and uh, like we were extremely pissed and final year we dedicated to winning that one tournament and we didn't win that tournament and that was great and like do you know prasanna uh, pralad i've heard of pralad yeah i think about okay it. cool like okay so like they joined when i was in my uh, i think yeah like they were my junior and we actually built the team from scratch and it was so much fun uh, and it was a testament to my seniors as well for guiding me so that was amazing yeah uh, we practiced a lot like some eight hours per day for that and i was also part of pragyan uh, i was on the marketing team um, so that was fun like that gave me the intro to the business world like i spoke to a lot of people understood yeah. what like uh, sales was like marketing was like calling up or like what meant to call people up and talk to them about it and uh, like i also hosted something called amber night which i am personally proud about <laughs> uh so all of us got together on, on our last working day it was 13th april uh and in uh, your last working day yeah 2018 13th april was the last working day and then we had a semester after that uh so i got permission from a hostel convener hostel warden and we oh, right. threw up we threw up a dj and mm-hmm. inside amber uh, it was damn fun like that was damn fun yeah i think these are the three things that i'm extremely like happy to be have experienced at our college sure sure that's that's so that's good. what all college life is about at the end of it <laughs> but i mean point to be noted <laughs> is i didn't talk about the curricular activities and the studies so <laughs> okay studies are uh, they're not they, fun they are, they are required they are required like i'm not saying you should just like Uh, forget about it uh, but there yeah, are things that of course give you that memory is not not class study not the studies yeah yeah it's the fun we have with everyone else experiences yeah so before uh, we conclude our podcast would you like to leave our audience with a message or something for maybe a personal life message or something about the industry or something i would like to talk about college please and please go ahead it's very rare it's very rare to be uh, in a tightly group tightly knit people who are very smart and who are passionate and who want to do something right and uh, like i would definitely encourage all of you guys to socialize get to know everybody <laughs> and like be with them take up a task solve a problem with them like how fun right because like the thing that i realized as soon as i stepped out of college and into the real world was that like getting that good set of people around you who can like help you do stuff is extremely rare and is very difficult right? and that is what i miss about college right if i have an idea i can just go to the next room and i can be like come i i want to talk about something i don't know about computer science i want to help in marketing what is required yeah 
I don't know about chemical. I want to understand this. Like, what is required? It's all you can just go to a different room and you can talk and you can get some clarity on it. It's disturbing, disturbingly bad in 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 the real world. It's very difficult to get that. And even here, like we are trying to emulate that culture where we have this amazing group of people who we who we just feel like it's like that's a that's that's a something that I really miss out of college. So. Yeah, that that is true. I I suppose in real life, all this knowledge sharing and everything, it's uh, comes at a cost. Definitely, there's a lot of commercial to it. Yeah, everything hope, is commercialized. Hope you develop that culture in your commercial organization and also that you know. Yeah, um, we have developed that culture. That's why we are able to do it. But the difficult thing is yeah. going to keep maintaining it. Um, well, I suppose um, that, that would. Uh, conclude uh thanks for tuning in today with us i hope you guys had an insightful session with us and we'll be coming out with a lot more episodes with interesting ideas waiting to be discussed that concludes our podcast for the day and i would love to thank mr janal lakshman for being a wonderful guest for our podcast today till then see you guys take care bye bye